Good morning, and welcome to the beginning of the fifth year of Torah Simacha. It's hard to believe I began on January 1st, 2019, with a short parenting message to a few people. And here we are today, with so many women learning and growing together. Thank you for being part of it. Today is the 10th of Teves, a fast day that marks, among other tragedies, the date that Nebuzaradan, the Babylonian general, besieged the city of Yerushalayim during the first Besamikdash. The siege lasted three years, but eventually it led to the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash and the subsequent exile. Today began the first stage of Galas. Though it was years before the Chorban, it was the very beginning of the end. This Parsha Vayachi also describes the beginning of an end, the first stage of a Galas. Parsha's Vayachi is the only Parsha in the Torah without a separation between it and the previous Parsha. If you look in a Sefer Torah, Vayigash seems to flow right into Vayachi without a break. And Rashi asks why, Lama Parsha Zustuma, and answers that once Yaakov Avinu died in Parsha's Vayachi, the eyes and hearts of the Jewish people became blocked from the agony of the enslavement. Nistemu, the word for their eyes and hearts were blocked, is the same word as the unseparated Parsha. That's the connection. The Mefarshim ask, Though, how can you say the Jewish nation suffered from enslavement as soon as Yaakov Avinu died, when we know that as long as any of the 12 Shvatim were alive, the enslavement did not start? Shibud really did not begin at Yaakov Avinu's death. So how can Rashi say their eyes and hearts were blocked from the suffering of enslavement when nothing had really happened yet? The Sfas Emes answers beautifully. It's true that physical enslavement did not start as long as the Shvatim were alive, but there was a very subtle stage one, and that was the blockage of eyes and hearts that Rashi describes. It was a spiritual blockage, not physical. Once Yaakov died, the Jewish people could no longer see clearly and instinctively spiritual truths and reality. Their inner lives were blocked to themselves, and all they could sense clearly was their external, obvious physical reality. The beginning of enslavement was not the day they were handed shovels and work helmets. The beginning of enslavement was so much more subtle. It was the day they lost contact with their inner essence. The day their eyes and hearts became blocked to subtle realities and deep inner truths. This is exactly what we are mourning today. Not just the very beginnings of the end of the era of the first Beis Hamikdash but also in the forced translation of the Torah into Greek, which happened on the 8th of Teves. You have to wonder, why is it that when King Talmai ordered the Chachamim to translate the Torah, it was such a tragedy? Moshe Rabbeinu had already translated the Torah into 70 languages. That was not a problem. Hashem even told him to do it. We have a plethora of translations today that are not problems. What was the tragedy this time? The difference is so subtle. When the 72 Chachamim were forced to translate the Torah into Greek, it was with the understanding that from then on, the Torah would be just one more book of wisdom to put in Greek libraries. Moshe's translation reflected the spirituality, the truth of Torah. But on the 8th of Teves, Torah was translated without spirituality. From then on, it was going to be open to misunderstandings and misapplications and distortions. It could be seen as nothing more than another book of great literature on the shelf. The essence of Torah was lost in the translation, but it was too subtle to see at first glance. The Chachamim's translation may have looked just like Moshe Rabbeinu's overtly, but the inner difference is vast. One was infused with spirituality, and the other was devoid of it. Who can tell the difference? 
only a person whose eyes and hearts are open to subtleties and to hidden delicate truths, not a person whose eyes and heart are blocked from the sufferings of enslavement. And how do we remove the dullness from our eyes, the blockages from our hearts? How do we undo the process of destruction that began in Parshas Vayachi and on Asara Bateves? Believe it or not, by developing ourselves as Jewish women and mothers. The Pasuk in Mishle says, Shma b'ni Musar avicha va'al titosh Torah Don't forsake the Torah of your mother. What is Torah Simacha? The Mepharshim described Torah Simacha as the attitudes, the values and behaviors that a child imbibes subconsciously by being around his mother during his early years. Torah Simacha is not taught in workbooks and lectures. It's a subtle, intuitive knowledge gained through living and experiencing a hashkafa, a worldview through a mother. It's our privilege to transmit Tarasimacha to our children. It's our responsibility to open their eyes and hearts to subtle, invisible, yet absolute truths that they will miss without our influence. And it's a hard mission, made even harder in a world of technology which is ever-present to distract us from ourselves to close our eyes and hearts and senses to our own inner truths that we can so easily ignore. Our children are counting on us to keep our eyes and hearts open, to keep our moral compasses steady, to stay attuned to what our intuitive wisdom tells us is right and wrong. So much around them is deceptive, misleading. So much around them subtly pulls them away from truth. They need us to firmly connect ourselves to truth and wisdom, to Torah Simacha, so that we in turn can connect them. I hope that we can all use today, Asar Bateves, as a time to reflect, to think about what is blocking our own eyes and hearts, and what we can do to resensitize ourselves, reversing the process of destruction, doing our part to restore sensitivity to subtle truths, thereby building our homes and our families back towards Geula.